Welcome back to Shandi. In today's episode, we'll be reviewing a moving picture, sharing some motivational tips, and introducing a fun new segment that you won't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the world of entertainment and inspiration. Welcome back to Shandi. I'm your host Katu, and today we're going to talk about managing stress for our motivational segment. So, managing stress will obviously be different from person to person, and there are different things that you could do to help with stress. But before we start there, let's go back a little bit and talk about the two types of stress. So we have eustress and distress. Eustress is like the good type of stress. It's the stress that makes you study for an upcoming test. Bad stress, which is distress, is the one where you know you're working a lot and it's just like a prolonged pressure on your body, and you know you get like high blood pressure and other symptoms of bad stress, right? So when it comes to managing stress, there are a lot of different things we could do. You know, it's exercising regularly, practicing mindfulness, maintaining a healthy diet, getting enough sleep prioritizing tasks and delegating, taking breaks and engaging in activities you enjoy, and of course seeking support from the people around you. But it's easier said than done, of course, you know. All these different all these things on this list is stuff that I'm like actively trying to do, but am I succeeding every single day? No, not at all. I have been in stressful situations. I have been in you know the type of work that I do can be stressful it's very deadline oriented and the way <laughs> I'm so dead the way I deal with it is mainly by prioritizing i've learned that prioritizing is very important when it comes to your general like day-to-day life if there's something that needs to get done chances are you should probably prioritize that first and then do everything else later so For example, today I had to choose what I had to do first. Either apply for a new apartment, do my hair, record this episode. Now, the thing is, the doing my hair part might sound a bit like what do you mean it's just doing your hair? No, no, no. Doing my hair literally takes a couple of hours and I have to do it myself. So I have to set aside time to do that and then I also have to think to myself, okay, what's really important in the long run? What's going to help with this and that? And of course, applying for apartments came first because if I don't have an apartment, I don't have a place to live. Very important. Next, recording this episode. I chose to do it before doing my hair because once I get, you know, I have to have the episode ready for you guys to listen to and I don't need my hair to record the episode. Done. Next thing I'll be doing after recording this episode is doing my hair. So just thinking about things that way and thinking about things logically and how to prioritize things will really help when it comes to managing stress or at least managing things that are like causing you stress. Now, I feel like I mention exercising regularly a lot when it comes to these motivational segments and all I'm going to say is Exercise can look different for every person. I would say I don't do um if I go to the gym, I'll usually just do like the treadmill 
maybe a bit of like leg stuff and stretching and that's like pretty much it but I used to do I used I got like just dance solely for the purpose to like exercise and I haven't used it in like quite a while but just dance is like another way if you if you have a console that can take just dance I would say if you want a different way to like exercise it's fun and also something to do with another person at the same time I would say get just dance just dance has a bunch of like exercise oriented videos I guess videos isn't the right word but like songs that you can dance to and like they'll of course give you the what's it called the movements like they'll show you the movements beforehand and you get points it's basically like a way that they've gamified dancing and it's like low-key popular it's like one of those games it always has a new game the following year with the new songs of course um i mean i do have my gripes with it but we're not talking about just dance for this whole episode so i'm going to move on from that practicing mindfulness not gonna lie i haven't looked too much into this but from what i understand it's basically just trying to retrain yourself to think differently from how you used to think so with different like situations let's say someone in okay i'm gonna give another example and it's gonna involve a game and it's gonna be call of duty so the way i practice mindfulness when i play call of duty online with other people is that you'll oftentimes find that the people that you end up playing with are, um, for a lack of a better word, very like disrespectful, very rude. Like they're just, they're just like trying to grind your gears and they're saying like slurs and they're swearing at you quite literally for no reason, mind you. Like it's not even like you've provoked them. They're literally just saying that to say it. And it used to upset me before. Like, you know, people would say, oh, you're a bad player, you suck, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yo, that's really mean. And then I would low-key, like, start tearing up. And then, I don't know, I think maybe maybe I've just gotten, like, used to it. <laughs> so it doesn't, like, upset me anymore. But now when people, like, start saying that shit, I'm just like, damn, that's crazy. Can't be talking to me, though. Can't be me, because that's not who I am. Can't be me. Like, it's just giving yourself time to retrain the way you think about things and how you digest things. Maintaining a healthy diet. Yo, this one's a bit of a struggle because it requires a lot of, not necessarily like a lot of money, but almost a lot of like time to make sure that there's always something for you to eat that's relatively like healthy. So this has been like a little bit of a problem for me because I used to like not like chicken like at all. Like I would only eat like drumsticks or chicken wings and that's just the nature of like how I grew up back at home and like how we prepared food. But now that I'm here in America, like I'm having this um, phase where I just really want like fried chicken, like crispy fried chicken it's so good but it's literally probably one of my most like unhealthiest food phases mainly because it's just like fried food and fried food isn't really good for you depending on like you know the saturated fats that you're consuming and we're gonna see where this takes me to be honest because I don't I don't know what to tell you when it comes to maintaining a healthy diet I guess just having that like self-control and knowing 
what you can afford and not only like money wise but also just time wise next getting enough sleep there are so many things that could contribute to you not being able to sleep and i'm not really going to talk about um people who have insomnia because that's like a whole different thing but what i am going to talk about is excuse me sleep hygiene so i found out that sleep hygiene is like oh excuse me a very like important thing um just the way that you prepare yourself for bed and like just the way you make up your bed to sleep can have like a lot of like varying effects on your quality of sleep how long you sleep because you know sometimes you'll sleep like for a long time but when you wake up you won't feel rested that's because you've slept for too long chances are let me put it this way chances are you've slept for too long and your environment is just not contributing to like a healthy sleep pattern or sleep hygiene um it includes stuff like you know getting what are they called like sheets that cool down the temperature because a lot of people tend to sweat when they sleep um it's also about the type of sheets that you have whether it's like cotton or silk um i saw a video the other day that sleeping on silk is better because cotton like carries a lot of dust mites and in my head i'm just like i don't think i could sleep on silk like i know that would be very uncomfortable for me so it's just something i'm going to have to like test out you know not being on any devices like no screen time before bed because the blue light from screens messes up with the uh, melatonin that your body produces so then it's harder to fall asleep um at least that's what people say i have experienced this to a certain extent sometimes cuz what i'll do is i'll just like watch something to fall asleep but like because i'm watching something it takes me longer to fall asleep than just like closing my eyes and stuff but sometimes if you're just in bed and you close your eyes and you're trying to sleep your mind wanders and it wanders to places that you don't really want to wander to like i don't want to think about what work i'm going to be doing tomorrow i want to think about sleep i want to think about dreaming and all that sort of stuff so just taking a look at your environment around you and seeing if there's anything that could help you know get you some like better sleep um i did talk about prioritizing your english my bad I did talk about prioritizing tasks but it's also about like delegating. Now, this is a bit different. It depends on like <clears throat> Excuse me. It depends on like what you're delegating, I guess. It really is and it depends on like your life in general. Like if you run a business or if you're someone who's in like a higher up position, you can ask people You can basically like delegate out work. You can ask for help essentially. That's like the work part of asking for help. And then taking breaks and engaging in activities you enjoy. This is one of the things that I do like all the time. I'm always trying to do things that I love to do because why would you not? Do you know what I mean? Like whenever I'm like stressed or something or I'm just having like a really tough day, I will 9 times out of 10 I will either go play a game or I will get into bed and watch shows. And then I will review those shows and movies and then this is where we are and this is how we ended up with this podcast in the first place, Loki. And another way to manage your stress would be seeking support, you know, asking from the people around you 
how they do things, what they do. You know, you could even ask like a mental health professional if that's what you need. Don't ever feel like you're boxed in and that you have to do things on your own. It's okay to ask for help. And you just need to remember that there's usually someone out there to ask. Whether you don't really have people close to you around you, there is definitely um, places where you can find that sort of help and that sort of relief of pressure. And, you know, it's just one of those things. But, yeah, I think that's where we'll, we'll leave it there for now. And I wanted to leave you with a quote from Chelsea Iru. She said that stress acts as an accelerator. It'll push you either forward or backward, but you choose which direction. And that's it for managing stress. Hopefully you manage that stress, bro. Stress is not cute. It's really, it's, it's not a vibe. But yeah, on to the next segment. Today, I'll be reviewing White Lotus. Now, White Lotus is something that was like mad popular in the beginning. And I think it's still, people have like given it a lot of attention. And at first I was like, never heard of it, not going to watch it. It was on HBO Max. I'm I'm not often on HBO Max like ever. I'm usually just on like Netflix and Hulu primarily. So I never really got into like White Lotus And for some reason, I think I was just looking for something to watch. And I knew that White Lotus had a bunch of awards, like Emmy Awards um, from what it got like awards for. I think it got like three awards. Um, Even being nominated in itself is already like a good thing to see. And yeah, in my head, I was just like, okay, well, let's get into it. And so it was released in 2021. It's written and directed by Mike White, who also wrote, what's it called? School of Rock. He was the second runner-up on Survivor. He was in Amazing Race twice. Um, He's also written a bunch of other shows. And he's definitely been in the business for like a while. But White Lotus is like his his biggest thing to date and people really love white lotus and i think i'm one of those people and the show stars jennifer coolidge theo james aubrey plaza just to name like literally three from like two seasons and i will be talking about season one and season two in conjunction but also separately at times and because it is an anthology series which means that every season would be a different cast so you won't have to like watch the first one to get the second season, if that makes sense. Um, and I didn't even know that. When I started season two, I was like, what, a, what is happening? I thought I was going to get more story from like the first season. So I was a little bit disappointed. But then I was also like, you know what? It's fine. Some of those characters were just not for me. And that brings me to what the show is actually about. So basically, White Lotus follows the exploits of like various guests and employees of a really swanky tropical resort over the span of a week, usually. And season one is in Hawaii, and then season two is in Italy. My bad, English once again, Italy. So basically, um, a bit of like background, I noticed, not I noticed, but Season one, there's only one character that returns from season one to season two, and that's Jennifer Coolidge. 
Um, Jennifer Coolidge, I think she's just one of those people you either like love her or you hate her. I don't think there's like a middle ground. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. <clears throat> Wait, maybe I am in the middle. No, no, I love Jennifer Coolidge. I think she's she's great. She's always like kind of the same person with every like role she does, but somehow it's always different. And I don't know, I think there is something like subtly powerful about that. And I know she's gained a lot of like very good attention because of the show and 110% she deserves it. So <clears throat> that's going to bring me to talking more like in depth about the show. There are certain things that I really loved and there are certain things where I was like, stop that. So music, music was so cool. Very like eerie. The thing is when I was watching White Lotus, once again, I didn't know anything about it. Like I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know like the genre, if it was going to be like drama. I thought it was going to be like a romantic comedy, to be very honest. And I got like very far from that. It was, it was, you know, it has a bit of drama. It has a bit, a little bit of thriller in it. It's very funny, very well written. Mike White, even though this is like his biggest thing to date and he's been in the industry for like maybe about 25 years he has 110% like honed his craft like it's very well written um but of course there are places where things like fall flat and I will get into that so basically back to the music it was very like eerie sometimes and very like creepy the characters were very interesting I I genuinely believe that you should watch movies and shows without knowing anything. Like not knowing a lot of things, like when you get into it, you're kind of just like, whoa. It leaves a lot of space for the writer and the director to fill your head with as much as possible without you having any like preconceived notions, which is another reason why I don't like trailers especially trailers these days your trailers i feel like trailers should literally be like 30 seconds this thing of having like a four minute like what is ha why are you showing me beginning to end little snippets and then you want me to still watch the movie when i basically know the ending already stop that stop that like i think we should start a petition because it's mad annoying especially when i go watch things in the cinema and then i'm like oh this looks interesting and then they show like breadcrumbs and it's kind of like it's not really breadcrumbs it's like a whole freaking bread loaf and you're just like okay i know what's gonna happen why would i watch it now it's just such a waste um but yeah so the characters were super cool and they started off like very one-sided and then as the show goes on they develop really like well i think season one is better than season two especially with character development i think we see more dimensionality when it comes to the characters versus season two where they were kind of like one note and it might also just be because the overall theme of that season but let's reel it back a little bit even though my overall thought of like white lotus is that it's very weird it's a really weird show but like in the best way possible you know it's the acting is pretty good, especially Connie Britton in season one. She's like the mom. And 
she gives a really like real performance which was completely opposite from her established character you know of being like the peacekeeper at one point she just freaking I don't want to say freak out because freaking out sounds like it's not justified but she got angry and she got loud about it and I was very like shocked because her character is very much like the peacekeeper she's always you know trying to take care of everyone else and she's also just trying to run her business at the same time she's like very high in the corporate world and you know she's trying to keep up looks and appearances and everything is just like weighing down on her and you can tell especially when she like brings up a certain thing that I don't want to say because spoilers and it's just seeing like how she reacts after all of that is being like poured onto her with her kids just not being cooperative her husband is also just going through his own things like she feels alone and then she just bursts and within good reason too like oh my goodness and that one like moment in the show changed my entire perception of her I was like dang I actually like her character I used to know I thought her character was just like okay we get it you're like the mom cool but she she has dimension and I'd honestly love to like see more of her I wouldn't mind being if she was like brought back into the story not at all and the cinematography wow white lotus is beautiful hey and I definitely think the locations lent itself to the seasons as well Hawaii I've always wanted to go um generally I love tropical places I think I don't come from a tropical place but I come from a very like warm place and I love the idea of like beaches and palm trees like that's just one of my like favorite what's it called I guess like environments like I just love the beach I love water you know it's there's just something about seeing the ocean in front of you on a sunny day with sand under your feet there is something very beautiful about that and it's probably just because of like nostalgia for me when I was a kid we used to go like camping on the beach and we would like eat breakfast on the beach after spending the night there like literally one of like my core memories I'll probably like never forget that but yeah I love the beach the beach is just one of my favorite things so I found the sin like the scenery of White Lotus impeccable I think maybe that's even why I like season one more than season two because season two was in Italy I haven't been to Italy um I didn't I wasn't feeling the vibes of the actual like resort like the actual location and the building that they chose for the resort I wasn't a fan of it mainly because it just felt very um what's it called when something's like old antique maybe it felt very antique you know it was very like ornate lots of you, you know like when you see very like old school like that sort of thing and I don't really like that stuff because it just feels like very stuffy there's not a lot of like room to breathe essentially um not in like a physical way but just like in a in a mental like environmental way if that makes sense um yeah so let's get into the things I didn't like one of the things for season one was Sydney Sweeney goodness gracious I hated her character she was like the blonde teenager and I think she had the least development 
the worst attitude. And I also just don't like it when people make like taking drugs their personality. I think it's just, I know people do do it, but to see it in a show and like see it constantly be repeated, like there was like almost nothing else that she did in the show. Like there was nothing else for her. And that's like really sad because she's a great actress. She's very, very, very good. And I think if more dimension was given to a character, it would have made season one even better. Or maybe that was on purpose. Maybe she is just like, maybe her character is meant to be like really bland so that she contrasts nicely with her supposed best friend. I hated their relationship. Like, I was just like, why is this friend even here? Like, stop. Like, stop. Like, I get why they did it, but not a fan. And then if you remember... um the guy that the best friend was like really into his name is Kai did not like his storyline either I don't think he should have been as easily convinced as he was to do the thing that he did like I get what they were trying to do you know having this um local person from Hawaii try and take oh my gosh it was world and whoa trying to like I don't know, not redeem himself in a way, but just try and, like, um, get back for his, like, culture and his history and how, like, their culture was, like, almost stripped away from them, essentially, because the hotel was built on their land and, you know, stuff like that. And I think I can see what the show was trying to do, but I think it was, like, a very shallow plot point. Like, they could have gone, like, more... They could have gone into it deeper and like a lot better. So it just didn't feel like very one note. It felt like they were just like pandering at that point to get people to be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't even know about that. Whoa. Like it was just, I don't know. And like also not, I don't know. I mean, I do know. I just, it wasn't good. And just the way like Kai, he has his character. He, you know, he's a, what's it called? He had integrity. He was honest. He was a good person. You know, um, people sing his praises a lot. And then he does what he did. And then people are just like, what the hell? Like, what? It was, mm -mm. no, 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 no. It just, it it wasn't, it wasn't well placed. I don't think it was well thought out. Um, Unless maybe I just missed something completely. But yeah, for season two, I definitely don't like it as much as season one. I don't think there were, like, not I don't think. I personally wasn't invested in the characters as much. Like, I couldn't relate to, like, the two couples who were, like, rich or whatever. Um, The family of men looking for their relatives in Italy. The sex workers. The rich women who traveled with her assistant. Like, I could not, like, relate to these people. I could relate to the family in season one because... I used to travel a lot with my family. I could relate to that. I related to, LOL, that's all. I can't, there's nothing else in season one that, there's no other characters where I was like, yeah. Maybe a little bit of Kai, um, just with like the history of Namibia through, you know, colonization and old location and stuff like that. But yeah, for season two, I just was not feeling the characters. I didn't like them. I didn't like the relationship. Um, It just, there was nothing for me to hold on to, to hope for. 
But season two is wild. I think season two is definitely more like, I don't know, wild? It wasn't, season two wasn't as funny. But season two was more like, it was more, it was, it had more like darker content, I would say. And a lot more, there's a lot more like danger to it, I guess. The ending was so out there, but it still made sense because we got clues about it in the beginning, you know, where he starts off like literally very first like few lines of the episode. Um, Mike White starts off with like a really big plot point and then, you know, we get these little clues to how the plot, how that specific plot point happened. So just getting that from the beginning really helps because if you see season one versus season two. They're almost like different shows, really. The only thing that really like keeps them together is the fact that it's the White Lotus Resort and the music. The music's like pretty eerie, but the music also fits the location. Like they change it based on the location, but it's still like very eerie and a lot of layered voices. And, you know, as I mentioned in my previous episode, I love like layered voices. It just sounds like it sounds like it's hugging your ears. <laughs> and from an NPR article, I gather that season one was about class, money, and entitlement. Like the husband of the newlyweds, he was just really, what's the word, focused on this room that they were supposed to get because their room was like double booked. And then the hotel manager was like, no, you guys got the right room. And he was lying and blah, blah, blah. And he was like really, really focused on it. Which honestly, low-key, I would understand. Like, it's a very different room. The room is a pretty huge upgrade. So that's fair. But he got, like, very entitled about it and very rude. And, you know, you can just see that privilege, like, seeping from him. And then also the supposed friendship between the two teens and how money plays, like, how money has a role in, like, intimate relationships that you have with everyone around you. and that's what season one was about and then season two was about sex so from infidelity like cheating and sex addiction my bad sex addiction and sex work so just those like two very different themes it makes sense as to why the seasons are like very different from each other and I think it was just like a very interesting route to take and it's also interesting to note like that season two is darker even with the theme of like having sex which is something that isn't dark it's not something that it's usually something that's like very intimate and hopefully like very enjoyable for a lot of people but we know that it always isn't. Let's see. So the pacing of the show was, I think it was pretty effective. You know, at times it felt like a fast slow burn, whatever that means. And at least for season one. But I do think it could have been faster, especially towards the end of it. Because I just felt like a little bit of a lull. It was just like, not gonna lie, I did find myself like wanting to fast forward at some point. But, you know, I'm maybe I'm just an impatient person. And... Just as a last note, I want to shout out the creative team for the opening theme song for both seasons. Like, 
the imagery was beautiful and the music was so once again the music was mad tense so i'll always like sing their praise and i wouldn't ever like mind watching the theme song over and over again just because of how beautiful the imagery was so overall for white lotus season one and season two i would give it a seven out of ten and that wraps up our review segment and let's get into our next segment okay so for the last segment we've got shows that i just watched well not really just watched but like watch that i would definitely recommend um just as a way to like push more shows and like movies to you guys while we're like in between episodes so the first one is all of these are on netflix and the first one is the glory it's a k-drama about a girl who was bullied okay honestly bullying is like a very light way to put it this girl was freaking physically abused and by people at her school and she lays out a plan for revenge against her bullies in her adulthood it's a very like basic plot but there's so much content in one episode k-drama episodes they're normally like an hour 30 42 minutes like that sort of thing very long they're basically like movies they're like 18 movies in one season it's very intense and it is very graphic as well so just keep that in mind honestly i had to like fast forward through a few things because i was just like there's no reason for me to be watching this very graphic content but yeah i would definitely recommend it it's very good I did want a different ending, but, you know, I think overall it's a good show. It has very good, um, it's like very dramatic, but it can also be really funny at times, especially like, you know, some of these characters who are like comedic relief. And then you also have very like multifaceted characters as well. You know, you don't get one person who's just like the funny guy. He's also like very serious and has a very like sad backstory and, stuff like that so that's why i really enjoyed the glory and i 100 recommend it it's on netflix um it's 18 episodes long i believe it's it's a lot to watch not gonna lie like it's it's a lot of content to like sit through but i wouldn't say you're sit you're i wouldn't say you're sitting through it i would just say that you're enjoying it you know what i mean that's what i did at least next one pressure cooker This is also on Netflix. It's a competition reality series where chefs cook and they vote each other out. Very interesting premise. Um, I watch a lot of, I love watching cooking shows, especially like cooking competition shows, especially when I'm eating or when I just have like nothing else to watch and I don't feel like watching like anything else. I'll usually revert to like cooking shows. And this one, like, really stood out because they vote each other out. And they win, like, money at the end. And my thing is, you know, there's always that, like, idea that if you're going to be in a competition series and you're going to vote someone out, do you vote them out because their dish was bad or do you vote them out because you know you won't be able to beat them? Honestly, I hate that way of thinking. I think the person who cooked the worst dish should go home, but... People did not think like that on this show. So that was like very interesting to see and very annoying to watch as well. But 
I would still recommend it. It's a quick watch, couple of episodes. I think they're like what nine, ten episodes. I could be wrong, but not a bad watch. Next, Crash Course Romance. Um, what even is the plot of this? This one is a K drama. It's on Netflix, and it's about this woman who recently put her daughter into a famous math academy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very extremely basic plotline, but it's filled to the brim. Like it's very interesting, you know the the person who teaches the math course. He's like very famous, at least in that world, like in the math world. He's really well known, and the mom is also like she's a different type of mom. She's very like quirky, and she's single. And she just like it's it's a very the overall like plot line might be simple, but the content that you know fluffs up the plot line is insane. It's so much, and there's so much to consider. And it's a really good watch. I would recommend it. It's very funny. It's very sweet at times, and it can also be kind of dramatic, which I didn't really see coming. Like not at all. Like there is like tones of like suicide and murder. So keep that in mind if you're looking for something sweet and funny to watch. And last but not least, we have Next in Fashion. I've been waiting for this since the first season, um, which came out like, I don't even know, maybe two years ago now. And I think it's a great show for like casual watching, especially if you're into fashion. It's basically like a fashion competition series and they just make outfits based on the themes that the judges give them. And this latest season, the judges are, um, like, two slash three of the judges change every episode. They've had, like, Versace, Bella Hadid. They've had, you know, um, the, oh, I can't remember exactly what he does, but um, a really, like, famous person from Balmain. They have a bunch of, like, very revered um, thought leaders within, like, the fashion industry come and judge but like the main two judges and hosts are tan from queer eye he's the guy that does the fashion part in queer eye and then we have Gigi hadid who's you know a very well-known what is it called sorry supermodel almost said actress supermodel and a bunch of stuff like that so it's a really great show for like casual watching if you literally have like nothing else to watch and you kind of just want to watch people like you know go through the most trying to make like a lot of beautiful ornate pieces that are still like technically look good but also fall within whatever like theme that they get for that episode I think I I would definitely recommend it as like a casual watch and that's it for the watch list slash must sees so that's as well then it for this episode and yeah see you next episode thanks for tuning into this week's episode don't forget to follow shandi on instagram at shandi.pod and on twitter at shandi underscore pod for more updates and behind the scenes content see you in the next episode